Hello, and welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sereski. I wet the bed till I was 11, but I'm all right now. This week we're going to be talking about the curse of the Hope Diamond. You got to make that echo. That would be cool. Yeah, I, I hang on. Let me get a clean one, and I'll I'll echo it when I do that. Oh, the no, no, curse. No, no. I was saying it as part of the podcast. <laughs> I was. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to do it in the podcast. I'm going <laughs> to edit it. I'm not just doing it just for fun right now. Ready? <laughs> the curse of the Hope Diamond. diamond. Uh, there you go. Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, this week, uh, as in all weeks, one of us has done exhaustive research on the supernatural. This week, it is Dibble. Yes, this week, it's me. <laughs> this week, it's Dibble, and he has the Hope Diamond. I know nothing about it except what I already knew was that it was a cursed diamond, so that wasn't much of an advantage. And uh, I think we'll start off with me guessing what I think this is. What do you think? What? Yeah, yeah. Tell me, what do you think the curse situation is with this Hope Diamond? Well, I'm guessing we're dealing with a very large diamond. Yeah. Probably has the four C's. Yeah. Do you know the four C's? Clarity, cut, carrot, and cool. Color. You were so close. Ah, damn. That was so good, though. I had to look it up. It is a, a cool diamond, though. The diamond has a curse, so I, I kind of think it was attained surreptitiously. Maybe an Egyptian mm. tomb. That's what I was picturing, an Egyptian tomb with curses written all over it. Um, I started wondering, has any archaeologist ever heeded a curse? Like, left a full burial vault and just walked the other way? Because I fucking would. <laughs> I mean, I imagine once you become, like that level of archaeologist where you're finding tombs you're at that point you're like well in for a penny in for a pound you know i'm not gonna <laughs> i've been looking for this tomb for five years wait curse <laughs> you're in too deep in other words I yeah say. it's a sunk cost fallacy um i think the the diamond may have been in the possession of a mummy not okay. an english mother the kind with the the bandage the bandage and yeah. uh Right, with the band mummies. Uh, that's I, I got a lot of mummy stuff here in my head. Uh, I don't know if that's right or wrong. And then okay. I thought maybe if you so look you're really into... leaning into Egypt. Yeah, I am. Oh, I thought you were okay. Tell go me on. Something. Um, oh no, no, no! I I want you to finish. Maybe if you look into the diamond, you can see your own death. Maybe. Oh shit. That would be good. That would but be, they probably, that, I mean, that would freak me out. That would definitely make me want to uh, go to the museum so that I could then yeah, find the time of my own death and be like, yeah. Well, I think you got a lot of hits there. You got a lot of misses. Uh, Do you want to know some funny things about mummies just while I was on the subject or no? Uh, yeah. Tell me, give me your funniest mummy fact. Okay. Well, now I have to pick. Okay. King, King Ramses II was the first mm -hmm. mummy to receive a passport, and the passport lists his occupation as king. <laughs> Accurate. 
Also, I'll give you one more. Scientists okay. discovered approximately 200 mummies in the middle of a Chinese desert, but they were European people, and they were buried amongst abundant phallic and vulva symbols. Whoa, that that's freaky. Yeah. We should do an episode about those 200 white people mummies. In the penis graveyard. Yeah. God, that sounds fascinating. So, yeah, there's a lot of... I'm, I'm, I was really thinking this was a mummy thing. Uh, uh, Shivel, tell me, am I, am I right? Am I close? You are wrong. There are no mummies in this story oh, at all. Oh, ouch. But, uh, let me, first of all, let me describe for you this Hope Diamond. And for our listeners, if you haven't seen it or seen a picture of it, just so you can get an image of it in your mind, it is a 45.52 carat diamond. Uh, which, if you don't know diamonds, if you're like me, that doesn't mean a lot to you. So imagine a diamond that's basically an inch by an inch by a half inch. Imagine you saw a gal come in with her new engagement ring, and she's like, I said yes, and she has a diamond on it that's a fucking inch wide. <laughs> Isn't that what Kobe's wife got after he cheated on her? No, even Kobe couldn't spring for something like that. He got, like, a chip compared to the Hope Diamond. Do you know the estimated value of this Hope Diamond? I do. It is somewhere between 200 and $350 million. That's, that is so ridiculous. I mean, the thing is, first of all, no one is going to pay that. And second of all, it's not like it's available for sale. Like, it's, it's all just made up. It's, it's uh, priceless, in other words, I say. Yeah, it is in there is an no market, antique. There is no... Yeah, no one wants to buy it. No one wants to sell it. So it is technically priceless. There's no supply, no demand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what an industry to get into. Yeah, uh... Uh, so it is uh, an antique cushion cut, uh, and its color is described in uh, in gemology terms as fancy dark grayish blue. That's a technical term. That's gemology uh, terms. Yes, fancy dark grayish blue. But fancy that's how I would describe part of the color, color I don't know. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine you don't get into gemology because you're good with words. I don't know. Uh, the the bluish tone comes <laughs> from boron atoms, and uh, oh. it will glow red under a UV light, which I think is that's probably it really more does? related to the that's curse. Not... Yeah, yeah, it will glow red under a UV light because of its curse or because of the boron. <laughs> uh, so we can trace its provenance back pretty well because a giant fucking diamond. People take notice of it. Uh, so this was mined in the Kolur mines of the Golconda Sultanate in what is now southern India. Oh. And this was a part of India that at the time was known for producing sort of the greatest gems in the world. Uh, uh, its first documented appearance was in 1666 when it was bought by a, a jewel merchant named Jean-Baptiste Tavernier, uh, who was traveling through India at the time. And he uh, took it home, had it polished up. Do you have like, any uh, large diamonds? Let me see your finest emerald. One inch by one inch by a half inch? Well, at the time, actually, it was uh, twice the size. Oh, 
It was over a hundred carats, uh, but it had a really stupid cut to it because he didn't want to lose like any of the carrots. He just wanted the biggest fucking rock he could. So find. it was in some weird shape, just like a pretzel. Yeah, like it looked just like a like a random piece of glass. Uh, but he sold it to King Louis the Fourteenth, so it must have been considered pretty baller at the time. It was then cut by the uh, Louis the Fourteenth's court jeweler. Jean Pitot down to a 68 carat diamond. Then, in the first instance of the curse, the French Revolution happened. And anyone who had ever been associated with this diamond was killed by revolutionaries. It was also, uh, the diamond was then looted in uh, 1791. And while it was stolen, it was recut into its current cut in order to sort of hide the identity of the diamond. Oh, people were people were thrown off. They were like, it's only 55 carats instead of 60. That can't yeah. be it. That cannot be the king's diamond. <laughs> the king's diamond was at least twice this size. <laughs> Zutalors. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it reemerged in 1839 in a catalog of gems that was owned by the Hope family, uh, which who were a London banking family. And that's when it became known as the Hope Diamond. Okay. Uh, it was then, like, later on, uh, scientists were able to, uh, like, test the chemical makeup of the diamond and, like, its molecular structure or whatever. I don't know how they test diamonds. What percent curse was it? Uh, at that point, I'm going to tell you 100% cursed. <laughs> but they were able to determine that the Hope Diamond was the same one as the one that was stolen from this king. Because right. they had another, like, one of the pieces that got chipped off that got put into another diamond that they were more sure about its provenance. They're like, oh, okay, these were the same rock at some point. Yeah. Uh, so at that point, it was then sold to a couple different owners, uh, the most famous being uh, socialite Evelyn Walsh McLean who was a mining heiress who bought it from famed French jeweler Pierre Cartier in 1911. Oh, the real Cartier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cartier owned it, and uh, he sold it off, and that's when it came to America. And uh, uh, McLean bought it for $189,000, or in, in today's money, uh, uh, in 1911. Uh-huh. So, so today's guess. money, that'd be guess. about, yeah, what do you think? 2.5. Close, 5 million. Okay. All right. So obviously that would have been a good investment because right now it's estimated to be <laughs> worth about 40 times that minimum. Uh, bad investment though, because that shit was cursed. Do you think that figured into the price? Uh, well, yes, in a way. Uh, friends and family urged her to get rid of it or even try to return it to Cartier. Cartier refused to buy it back. What an asshole. <laughs> he gave her a cursed diamond and was <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no returns. <laughs> All the sales are final. Uh, so, you might be wondering, what's the origin of this curse? Why was this thing's curse? What is the nature of this curse? Let's get down to curse. We've had enough diamonds. Talk curse. Well, as I mentioned, it came from this Golconda Sultanate, but it wasn't like it was like a farm-to-table situation where it just came out of the mine and Tavernier bought it immediately. 
Uh, it was allegedly stolen from an idol of the goddess Sita, who was That's the Indian. wife. Yes, in India. Yeah, because oh, yeah, it was in southern India. India. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, a wife of the goddess, uh, wife of the god Rama, who was the seventh avatar of Vishnu, the destroyer. And, uh. No, no. The no, one with S-H. The... It starts with an S-H. Shiva. 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 I'm going to apologize to any of our Hindu listeners for our complete ignorance about your beautiful religion <laughs> and culture. But everyone, you know what's funny? All our white listeners are impressed that we know those. <laughs> it's true. I mean, we're not doing too bad. We're getting close. Come on, cut us some slack. We're trying. Uh, so, uh, when it was bought, the New York Times had a huge article about uh, the Hope Diamond. And in it, they listed everyone that had been impacted by the curse. The New York Times, the old gray lady, uh, has documented this curse. Uh, First up, Jacques Collette bought it from Simon Frankel. Collette later went on to commit suicide. Prince Ivan Kenetovsky bought it from Collette. He was killed in the Russian Revolution. Kanakovsky loaded the diamond to a Mademoiselle Ladoux, who was murdered by her sweetheart. Uh, Simon Mensherides sold it to the Turkish Sultan and was later thrown off a cliff with his wife and child. <laughs> uh, Sultan Hamid uh, gave it to Abu Sibik, or Abu Sabir. Sabir was later imprisoned and tortured. Uh, one of the Sultan's guards, Kalob Bey, was hanged by an angry mob, as was Hegver Agha. And these these people all had possession of the diamond at one point? They all had possession of the diamond, or regarding the diamond, or working with the diamond. They all were in the close circle of the diamond. They all but you could do this it. without even touching it? Like, the curse can get you if you are just, just have something to do with it? Yeah, like if you're just working with it, apparently, because I, I imagine this guard, Kalub Bay Didn't did own not... a $300 million diamond, I would imagine. Yeah, and I imagine he didn't even, like, get to hold it. <laughs> I wouldn't let him hold it. Do you want to uh, hold the diamond, Gary? <laughs> oh, they're Indian. I do. Uh, no, that, they're Turkish, uh, and I can't even begin to try and figure out a Turkish accent. I'd have to, once again, do some more research. <laughs> I'm better at Western Europe. I'm going to just tell you the truth. I'm not good at anything uh, anymore. I was better when I was like 13. I'm just I'm just uh, enjoying trying. That's You know what? You're going for it, and that sells it. That's all it takes. <laughs> Thank you, Shibble, for the pep talk. I appreciate it. Do you want another mummy fact? Yeah, give me a fu- hit me with that mummy fact. I'm going to edit in something that says, Mummy facts. Mummy facts. Yes, 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 yes. In the 1800s, Victorian women held mummy unwrapping parties to see the corpse. <laughs> Those are people, you horrible monsters. It's like unwrapping a present, but it's a dead person. And you just open it up and they're there decomposing. Like, what kind of a fucking party is that? Imagine finding out, like, someone was having a party and, like, we dug up your grandfather. <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, my God. That would be a memorable party, though. Oh, and also, uh, Tavernier, uh, the uh, the jeweler that sold it to King Louis XIV, mm-hmm. uh, he was uh, torn apart by wild dogs. Really? Yes, in Constantinople. He was torn apart by wild dogs, according to For the For any York reason, Times. or he just happened upon wild dogs? I think the wild dogs happened upon him. 
<laughs> yeah, it uh, sounds that way. That sounds like South America, where they have those roving bands of of ownerless dogs who who. I I hear they have those in Moscow too. Yeah, and they have death squads that go out and like look for them. It's sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of children. That's... I'm thinking of children. South American children. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my fault. But they also they do have that with dogs in Moscow, and it just goes to show you: spay and neuter your pets. That's right, and don't execute them even if if you don't. And don't execute children. Or dogs. These are all official messages of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour. Uh, so, yeah, uh, other notable people who were cursed were uh, the French aristocracy. Anyone who was associated with it was obviously later killed during the French Revolution. Right. Uh, they didn't fare well. No. And the McLean, who uh, brought it to America... Uh, her son uh, was killed in a car accident at uh, age nine years old. Oh, I was about to say yeah, that's that, a stretch, but if he was nine, that that sounds cursy. Yeah, that sounds a little bit. Although it was uh, a little while later. Uh, eventually, when McLean died, the uh, diamond was bought by Harry Winston, uh, who was oh. another jeweler. He bought it from the estate, and deciding that he didn't want to deal with the curse anymore. Uh, he donated it to the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. Wait, I find that really interesting because people don't donate things worth hundreds of millions of dollars unless there's something really wrong with them. I wouldn't donate it. I don't think that uh, the write-off would make it worthwhile. I mean, I'd have to crunch some numbers, but I don't think so. No, but my, my, my question is, did he, did he donate it because some weird stuff was happening, like cursy stuff? Uh, well, uh, none that I found, but, I mean, it has this long history of being cursed on the record. Well, then why'd he buy it? That's a good question. I mean, it, he seems like the kind of guy, he, they, on his Wikipedia page, they just had a section called, like, notable jewels that he has owned. Uh -oh. And it was just lists of just, like, fucking giant rocks that are worth more money than you'll ever see in your life. This guy was basically just a billionaire of gemstones, which sounds incredibly baller. Yeah, it does. That's a great job. Yeah. What do you do? I buy the world's largest gemstones and resell them. Fuck yeah, dude. No, dude. no, no. I donate them. <laughs> Sometimes I have a gemstone so big and valuable that I donate it to a museum. Uh... One thing that I find interesting about uh, the donation to the Smithsonian is uh, that it was sent there uh, by registered mail. Hmm. They just took a $300 million uh, diamond, put it in a box, and brought it down to the post office. How do you, how do you even, did they insure it? Uh, it is insured, and for any, in my day job, I work at the post office, so I can't talk about it too much. But I will say, if anybody out there needs to send something that they absolutely 100% want to make sure everything will be done, uh, that it gets there, send it registered mail. Uh, because with registered mail, every time someone takes it, like it gets handed off to the next guy, you have to sign for it. And if you're the last guy who signed for it and it doesn't get delivered, you are fucking fired. You're done. What if you lose something? What if it's like the Hope Diamond, though? Is there also a criminal problem? Uh, no, but you will lose your job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Well, so I guess it doesn't matter how big a package. Yeah. Okay, well, we learned something. Send your shit registered mail. Don't fuck around. Can you believe they unwrapped corpses? That is so terrible. How? Like with finger foods? Yeah. "Mm, It's time for the next lair, ladies. (laughs) Like, that just seems so dehumanizing. Like, uh, anyway. Well, so's death. It's true. Death also does not make you a human. And I don't want to say that that mummy has rights. Because it doesn't. It's not a person anymore. It's a corpse. But it's just in bad taste. I don't think it should be illegal. I think it should be frowned upon. I don't know. Oh, you think to this day unwrapping mummies should be legal? I think if... Here's the deal. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot figure that out right now. You can't tell if it's morally right or wrong to unwrap mummies? I mean... I'm going to say not like Egyptian mummies because they have not consented to that in life. And I think the Egyptian people uh, have not consented to that by and large. Uh, And I think they should be the ultimate uh, ones to determine the fate of Egyptian mummies. But if I said it's okay, let's unwrap my grandma, you would do it? I mean, if you were the executor of your grandma's estate, Yes. Okay. Uh, but I don't want, like, your brother to be like, I said no. And it's like, oh, now he's upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing my father, whose mother that was, would be the one who got upset. But who knows? Yeah, he would, yeah there'd be any number of people that could object to it. So I'd really want to make sure that I dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's. Do you think they chant, like, unwrap? Uh, uh, like, what do you think they chant? What? <laughs> uh, I, you know what? Here's what I'm wondering. Do they prop the mummy up on a lazy Susan and then just grab the bandage and yank it really hard and it just spins? That would be the most disrespectful. I would think when you just prop them up standing and everyone takes a piece and you all run around him in circles like you're tying a, a ribbon around the old oak tree, I think that's more disrespectful. Uh, yeah, like Like a maypole in reverse? Yes, yeah, a reverse maypole, and I picture it being mostly children. Yeah, oh God, bringing your children to this would make it so much worse. Don't show your children corpses. And you know what else is horrible while we're talking about displaying corpses? Do you remember that bodies exhibit that was going around? It's just dead people, right? It is dead people, but they're all, uh, the bodies all came from China, and they were all political dissidents. Oh my God, that's horrible. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for that, I'd be like, oh, how interesting. These people donated their bodies to science, and we can uh, take a look at them. This will be a public educational tool. But it's not people who donated their bodies to science. It's people that were killed by the Chinese government. I assumed it had to be on a volunteer basis, but apparently not. That is not my understanding. So basically, the Chinese government is... That would be like if Saudi Arabia put like pieces of that journalist up in the museum, right? Yeah. And be like, oh, and also he's nude for all time. He has, like, no skin on his dong. Oh. And you can see it. And it's like, this is wow, this is horrible. Oh, his dong. Thumbs down to the bodies exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I'm going to reserve judgment. No, I, I didn't go. I, I saw the ads up, and I'm like, 
that seems kind of cool, but also kind of gross. And then I did some research. It's like, oh, that's where the bodies came from? That's fucking horrible. Also, seeing a dead body can uh, be a little traumatic to some people. Yeah, it would definitely bum me out. I was just watching Boys in the Hood before uh, our call, and uh, they found a body, and it was like part of a litany of things that turned them into men before their time and ended up with them dying. Boy, those boys really were in the hood. (laughs) They were. So, let me ask you. Do you think the Hope Diamond's curse could take down an in-his-prime shack? Okay. Now, this is tough. This is tough. Because um, we're not de- dealing with a, a corporeal form here. You're dealing no, with this. this is strictly a curse. And I don't know the rules of the curse. Are there rules or, you know? It seems like, basically, uh, bad luck will befall you if you uh, are able to, or if you're in possession of the diamond, or in position to return the diamond to the statue of Sita. That seems to be the vibe that I'm getting. Okay. So, I say... Okay, it's Shaq fighting the curse, or Shaq trying to acquire the diamond? Let's say Shaq is trying to acquire the diamond and free the diamond of its curse. Okay. He wants to uncurse the diamond. I say, I say Shaq could do it. One, one prime Shaq. Okay. How, how do you think he's going to go about it? What's his process? I think, <laughs> I think he's going to rebound it. Um, <laughs> he's going to bring it to India. He's going to return it to Sita. I don't know how to... Mm-hmm. I, 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 I see he's such a nice guy. It's true. I could see the, the, the diamond getting behind him. You know, like, this is the guy who's going to bring me back to Sita. You know, like, mm-hmm. we'll be and that's how he avoids getting cursed because he's pure of heart. That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. Can you? Can yeah. Jack tell me he's pure of heart? I'll return you to India <laughs> because I'm pure of heart. <laughs> so yes, that's how I I see that going. Can I give you one? Yeah, please. Okay, the Hope Diamond Curse versus us two, an Israeli jeweler and a priest. Okay. I'm going to say it's taken down jewelers before. Yeah, many. Yeah. Even even if they cut it up, it still gets taken out. I'm going to say uh, we haven't seen anybody actively try and, like, remove the curse. So a priest might be able to do some good. Is that strange to you that no, this is the most famous curse in the world and no one's ever actually tried to remove it? They've never had any religious involvement? I mean... At least none in the records that I found, you know, and and who knows how serious an effort it was. Like, if it's just, like, uh, somebody throwing some holy water at Or, like, it. burning sage and walking around the diamonds. Yeah. Like, you need somebody that's, like, studied up on curses. And I'm going to say, I'm going to assume that this priest is there specifically because he knows about curses and supernatural things. And exorcism. Not He's going to exercise yeah. the jewel. Yeah. Which... I'm going to say, actually, no, not going to work, because maybe uh, Hinduism is the real religion. Oh, that makes, I was just about to say, maybe his little prayers don't make any sense to the stone. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe his god is wrong and, and the Hindu gods are right. Who can say? I'm going to say it's a draw. No, I'm going to say you and me are there, so that's going to tip the scales. 
Why why don't they ever have like a Hindu exorcist in the movies? You know, I'm sure they do. I I bet you could find a Bollywood movie about Hindu exorcists probably pretty easily. But it's always a Catholic priest. It's never a Yeah, in America it's pretty consistently Catholic priests. Like I even remember I I remember hearing after the exorcist came out like Protestants would reach out to Catholic priests to find out more about how to deal with possession. Like, because they're like, those guys are the experts. They're not fucking around. That probably is the basis for a lot of what we see now. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that really informed popular cultures, popular cultures, understanding of exorcism and, and possession and all that. Can I give you another battle? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Hope Diamond Curse versus Juan from The Grudge. Okay. So, you know what? It's been a while since I've seen Juan, and I keep on thinking of The Ring. It's the same idea. It's a Japanese yeah. girl dressed in white who moves weird. Yeah, okay. So, Hope Diamond versus Japanese Ghost, let's say. Well, it, it uh, has to be Juan because that's a curse. I want curse versus curse, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to say that the Hope Diamond, to me, is more... It's getting its power from a goddess, whereas Juwan's curse, it's getting its power just from a dead girl. That is an excellent point. So I'm, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go Hope Diamond on this one. And it might, it might get more powerful as it ages, too. We don't know that. So it it's has true. that on its side. But and, and it's got a huge body count at this point. Are you ready for another? Yeah, yeah. Hit me. Hope Diamond Curse versus My Mother and a Bar of Soap. <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer it. Don't answer it. I just had to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Hope Diamond Curse versus the actors from the progressive commercials. Ooh, boy. Those guys have some great teamwork. They're a great ensemble. But what do they know from curses? That's my question. Uh, I'm going to say that those Hollywood types, they're not going to take it seriously. This seems like a classic setup for a horror movie. I would watch that movie. The progressive people versus the Hope Diamond curse. And you just yeah, watch and them die get... one by one. Yeah. Until they're like, oh. And then eventually Flo returns the Hope Diamond. <laughs> Last one. The Hope Diamond Curse versus Fedor Emelianenko. Ooh. All right, I'm going to say Fedor as a grappler. <gasps> He's going to have a tough time because uh, the Hope Diamond Curse doesn't have any limbs. That's that's true. Uh, and it has no hands with which it can tap out. Well, that's its problem. Diamonds, well, diamonds also are probably they're the hardest uh one of the hardest substances in the world i don't think he could physically crush the diamond uh i think the only way that he could beat it is if his natural conditioning and athleticism uh make him too hard and like too hardy for uh the uh curses actions to to be effective because it seems like the curse curse will send like a gang after you and they'll hang you or they'll send 
a group of dogs after you and then you get mauled to death by dogs you know and like he could take down the mob that was coming to hang him he could take down a pack of wild dogs so uh, I'm gonna say it'll be a good fight but 10th round it'll go to the Hope Diamond Hope Diamond will still be standing okay the answer is Fedor by whatever he wants fair enough okay continue please uh boy uh I'll tell you one thing that sounds scary but does it fuck that sounds crazy but can fuck um one thing that I thought about was that uh my dad told me that diamonds are just sand from God's vagina when I was young okay um I don't know what that has to do with it. Uh, also, King Tut, because I thought it was a mummy, uh, mm-hmm. was buried with an erect penis mummification, if that matters. Mummy fact. <laughs> but I'm trying to, I'm showing that, see, see, I, I did all my research, not research, but I looked at mummies and there's no mummy. So I don't know. I think, I think it can, because it can, tr- it can control the order of events and things that are happening. It can, it it can make you bump into someone and meet them and maybe they'll end up killing you, the chick, but uh, it may fuck you first. Okay, so it's not that the diamond or the curse can fuck so much as they can make other things fuck. Yeah, I just don't see how a diamond, if I, if I laid it on the table and turned around and bent over, like it's, there's nothing, what could it do to me? It's true. I'm going to say that it could only fuck in like the uh like it it's a stretch to call what it can do fucking like there are a lot of people who are like sex doesn't have to mean penetration it could just be heavy petting or it could just be something you do with your mind and you're like well maybe i guess okay who says okay. it's something you can do with your mind i don't know <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure i could find someone <laughs> yeah, okay. like sex is just some kind of connection that two people have and it can mean any number of things and you'll be like okay no it's not i get i mean there i feel like there are certainly a number of things that i do that aren't sex so i feel like it's got to <laughs> what is something you do that is not sex I mean, like this podcast, we're not fucking. No, no, we're not having sex right now. That no, is this is very different from that. It's a different thing. Does it fuck? At the end of the day, only if you really, really stretch the definition of fucking. Yeah, I'm going to go with no. The Hope Diamond Curse cannot uh, have sex with you. But there's plenty of other things it can do to you. So that that's okay. Yeah, and maybe some of those things are erotic. Maybe not. Like what? That litany of like murders you gave me? None of that was erotic. What it does? No. N- well, no, not really. Yeah, I was about but... to say name one of those. <laughs> no, I'm I can't. still stuck on unwrapping really. mummies. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny that you had all this mummy bits. <laughs> you have no idea. Like the remember the volume. cartoon show Mummies Alive? One of them only had one arm. What was up with that? <laughs> I have so such a massive volume of mummy facts. I really bet it all on black. Hit me on another mummy fact. Do you want another mummy fact? Hell the yeah. Lindsay's brand. <laughs> <laughs> the Ramses brand condom is named after the pharaoh Ramses II. 
who fathered more than 160 bastards. Shit. That guy was getting freaky. Um, What do you think is the dumbest brand of condom? I'm going to say lifestyles. (laughs) (laughs) Lifestyles. People use lifestyles. Some, I mean, I see it in stores, and it just feels like it feels like it should have an anime character on the box. Like it just looks so disreputable. <laughs> like just go for a Trojan, my guy. Just step it up. Put as an extra quarter a piece. It's worth it. I'll have the lifestyles. I've never said that. <laughs> I just remember, uh, like. When I managed the video store, uh, we got in a bunch of those, like, NYC brand condoms. The city was just distributing free condoms. And I used a couple, and... To do what? I used them to get busy. Oh. You know what I mean? To, to lay some pipe. <laughs> yeah. You know how I do it? I do. With I that, don't. <laughs> I, I do it with my stuff and their stuff. We mash them. <laughs> okay. You you've told me some really freaky stuff here, and this this mm-hmm. is a curse that that I don't know is something I would never want to be a part of, get anywhere near. But is it real? Is the curse of the Hope Diamond real? Is it real? Well, let me let me answer that with this. The Hope Diamond is now in possession of the Smithsonian Museum, which means that the Hope Diamond is technically now owned by the American people. <gasps> Look around. Oh, my God. Oh, that's amazing. What a wrap-up. Jesus. So you're saying, when, when, did, when did they take possession of the Hope Diamond curse? 2016? <laughs> uh... Uh, they took possession in and uh, no, that's wrong. Forty-seven. That's wrong. It was 2016. Uh, yeah, it was on November 10th, 2016. Yeah, I thought so. The records show. So really, you're suggesting that the plight of our country since uh, 2016 can be blamed on the Hope Diamond Curse, as technically we all are owners. Yes, and that is why. Donald Trump is not to blame. <laughs> this is all a bit. The diamond was actually bought by America in 1947. Was it? Yeah, 1947. But hey, things haven't been great for a lot of Americans. Could be a Hope Diamond curse. It could be. I like the idea of blaming all my everyday problems on the Hope Diamond curse. Yeah, it feels like, oh, okay. Now everything makes sense. We're all cursed. It does make sense now. It's, this is very timely, this this episode. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. I feel much better knowing it's just a fucking curse. Yeah, now all we need to do is just uh, give the diamond to our uh, enemies. Uh, the Indians? No, or no, or I guess give it back to India. That actually probably was a lot more sense. I was thinking like, oh, the curse wouldn't be removed that way. We had to pass the curse on to, like, North Korea. <laughs> it's not... I don't think you show, like, Kim Jong-un a videotape, and seven days later, he's like, Harold, <laughs> you have seven days left. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I must shelter someone else. 
please don't do that Asian accent ever again. <laughs> Look at my new diamond. Please, I'm begging you. <laughs> we are going to go to jail. Oh, my God. You didn't, you didn't feel like you wanted to do Kim Jong-un with the diamond a little bit? No, no. And if I did, I might have gone a little more subtle. Uh, yeah, see, I don't do an accurate. Uh, I do more of a, a stereotypical Asian impression. Yeah, yeah, more of a more of a racist caricature. Yeah, a racist caricature. That's exactly the, the term that I was looking for. It's a racist caricature. Do you want to hear it more? Please, I'm begging you now. <laughs> I won't. I won't do it anymore. Thank you. We apologize <laughs> to any North Koreans that were listening to this through a smuggled internet. How many North Koreans do you think have the internet? Uh, I'm going to say less than a thousand. Why don't we gun for them as a market? You mean try and get that 1,000 North Koreans Yeah, like go listening? really niche. Okay. Next dish, next episode, we'll have to research a North Korean monster. Yes, the ring. Or the ring. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Just... <laughs> the North Koreans are not offended. They know we're having good fun with them. I hope so. I hope you guys are doing okay. Hang in there. <laughs> well, hang in there and stay away from the Hope Diamond. That's what we're learning today, isn't it, Chris? Yes, and now also I see I'm getting the red light from Uncle Monster. Oh. That means we're running out of time. But we want to thank everybody for listening today. Uh, my name is Chris Anderson. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at ChrisTheFriend. My name is Ethan Sereski. I don't have internet stuff, so you can uh, send Shibble a message, and I will look at it. And remember to leave a, uh, a like and a heart. And you should subscribe and also Patreon. And don't get spooked. I'm sorry. I, we, don't have a, we don't have a Patreon. That's a weird thing to say. Maybe we do. Maybe it's coming. Check out our Patreon for exclusive content and memes. And, <laughs> That's just uh, a lie. We're just lying now. <laughs> There's going to be secret codes for our augmented reality game that's coming out 2025. <laughs> which takes place in North Korea. Yes, which will be free. You heard it here first. We believe in you, North Korea. Don't, Don't get, get spooked. spooked.